This is the Life Journey Podcast with Quentin, a.k.a. Q Gauz No Days Off. From on the field and off the field, NFL player and entrepreneur. Motivating you to be the best you can be and getting you out of your comfort zone. Sharing with you travel, sports, and entrepreneurial tips with amazing guests on the show. Now, get ready for your life to change with the Life Journey Podcast and your host, Quentin Gauze. What's up, everybody? What's going on? We're here on another episode of the Life Journey Podcast. Oh, my gosh, man. This will be an awesome episode today. We have a special guest on. We have Nika B., Nika Brown, my favorite friend. What's going on? Hi, how are you? Doing well, doing well. I'm glad that you're on the show today. We finally got it to happen. Woo. I know. It's, it's been a while in the making, so I'm kind of excited about it. Good stuff. Good stuff. So what we do on this show is uh, we just talk about the life journey. Talk about how you got to where you are today. Um, you know, and talk about a little bit about what you're doing and, uh, and your business is about entrepreneurial stuff. So like, you got a lot of folk around the world that are just encouraged by a lot of people they say on here. So let's kind of dive into it. So let, let the folk know a little bit about yourself and, and uh, you know, what, what you're doing right now. Okay, well, I am Nika B. Well, Nika Brown for the formal introduction. I am a 28-year-old wardrobe stylist and I pretty much, you know, like your one-stop shop i do image consulting wardrobe styling video shoots photo shoots um and i'm self-made i literally started it from nothing just a simple thought (laughs) and grew it into a business that i love admire i have a pretty solid team that i built and it's like my dream and i couldn't be more excited and proud of what i do every single day and it gets hard but i think i worked pretty hard to get where i'm at and it's it's literally I'm living my dream and I can't even complain about that. That's awesome. That is awesome. Well, you know what? Um, a lot of folk that, that you know, a lot of people are afraid to go live their dream and your testament of like just going out there and just attacking it. And I know I can't wait for, you know, folks to hear your story and stuff like about how you got to where you are today. Like it's, it's a grind. It's not easy. And you know, you got to constantly push. So tell them a little bit about like when you were, you know, kid growing up and stuff. When I was a kid growing up, I grew up in a pretty, like, I would say solid household. Like, you know, I I did come from a two-parent household. Um, I come from a family in medical field. You know, my dad was a nurse. My mom's a nurse. My sisters are nurses, CNAs, things like that. So I've always grown up with pretty good structure. Um, The only downfall is, like, we moved a lot. There was a lot of, that was, like, the only instability that we had. And when I look back at it, that's one thing I've always wanted, like, you know, to stay in one spot, you know, plant roots and things like that. So coming from like the household that I came from, my parents were, you know, they're workers, you know, get a job, go to school, settle in, figure out what you want to do. That's the mindset that they had. And I was probably always different. Like I didn't, I didn't really want that lifestyle. Like I didn't want to just, you know, go to school, get a degree and go right to work. My dad, wanted me to be a nurse like that was his goal for me his plan his vision and his reasoning behind that was stability you know a nurse or medical field you'll always find a job you always have something to fall back on but I'm a risk taker and I feel like 
I always pushed back <laughs> with that. Right. So I wasn't, you know, me and him used to butt heads because I didn't want to take that path and he didn't understand it. Um, so, you know, he was all about structure. He would put me in sports. I did gymnastics. I did ballet. I did cheer. I did anything to just keep me like, you know, team oriented, something solid. And the older I got, the more I realized that that wasn't me. And mm. I wasn't, I wasn't born to work for someone else. I couldn't do it. And <laughs> <laughs> like, it sounds so crazy. I genuinely could not do it. And you know, when you, yeah, when you grow up and you start working, you get your first job and things like that, you know, it teaches you a lot. But I realized like I was always born to kind of beat to my own drum. And it was, they didn't understand that. <laughs> like I grew up in a family that does not understand that they didn't at the time. And it was hard because it go it go against like it went against everything that I was taught. <laughs> like it was so left field for them. Like where are you, where are you going with this? Like what are you doing? And especially when I decided to, you know, I was indulging in fashion at such a young age. I used to cut up clothes that didn't even belong to me. I would just go in my parents' closet and cut their clothing items, and I would always try to switch everyone's wardrobe up in my family and. It's so different because in my family, family tree, there's scrubs. <laughs> Everyone's wearing like medical outfits, there's scrubs, they're going to nursing homes and things like that. So it's a little, it was very difficult um, to be like kind of like a creator, like in a household that didn't support creating. And where I'm at now, I think my childhood actually prepared me for what I'm doing. Because when you start a business, you do need structure. You do need a plan. You do need goals. But I kind of took it and put my own spin on it. So my childhood was great, but it was <laughs> it was kind of rough at the same time if I look back on it because, you know, I was literally dancing to my own drum in my head and it sculpted me to be like where I'm at. But it was tough. But I, I feel like ultimately I came up on top. So it's a win-win. That's good. That's awesome stuff. And you know what? Like, some folk can, you know, it's, it's just the, like the system we live in, like you get a job and you grow up, have fun as a kid, go to college, get a job, and then you work and then you die. And yeah, for some people that's success. That is success for some people. Like, you know, if you had a stable job for 20, 30 years, that is success to people. And that was not my version of success. And I couldn't even conform to that. Like I couldn't even entertain that theory. Like I don't want to you know, punch a clock my entire adult life, retire and wait till I'm 60 to enjoy my life. And I, that's not success to me, but to where I was brought up, that is success. That is stability. You did your job, you, you played your part and that's how you wanted it to be. But to me, that was not my vision. Yeah, so hey, you know what? It's good that you had some type of inkling inside letting you know like something feels wrong here like i don't know if i should follow this pathway this normal pathway you wanted to try something different right so so what was your experience like i guess from the high school to college transition oh high school was that awkward time for me like some people go through the awkward phases in middle school but to me it was definitely high school and not awkward in like, you know, social wise, it was awkward in like finding myself. And 
you know, I was going through, I would say like an identity crisis. Like I didn't know what I wanted out of life. Like, you know, you're young <laughs> and they expect you to figure it out. Like, you know, you start planning for college, like your sophomore year of high school and you don't really know what, yeah. who you are at that point. It's such a weird concept to think about. And to me, like I said, I grew up in structure. I was doing sports. So my vision was a lot different. And I started like realizing that, you know, gymnastic is not what I wanted to do. I don't want to study, you know, I don't want to go to school and become a nurse. Like I'm in high school, like kind of lost at the same time. And, you know, your friends start to change, you, your vision starts to change. And to me, I went to a high school that didn't really offer the arts. Like we weren't like an art high school. So I didn't really tap into what I wanted because fashion was always like a part of me, you know, just from like magazines to like I said, cutting up clothes and things like that. But in my environment, where I'm from in New Jersey, that's not fashion is not like a major thing. It's not like I'm from New York or the city and things like that. So I was kind of lost. Like I had nothing to base my career off of, my dreams off of. So I'm just, you know, that middle ground stage where it's like, I kind of should probably find something different, but my heart is calling, you know, one thing. So it was, uncomfortable and then like you're transitioning to who you are but I had nothing to base off who I wanted to be so I had like no examples no role models at that time you know for myself um but college changed everything for me so when I decided to go to college I did decide to study fashion but I went for fashion design like I wanted to make clothes because I used to cut them up all the time and I thought that's what I needed and when I started studying fashion and starting the design concepts and things like that, my heart wasn't there. And did it come up to me? Like that oh. hurt. Mm -hmm. Um, so that bothered me because it's like I waited my whole life for this moment. <laughs> I waited my whole life to get to college to find myself and it's not here. And so I sat down with professors and, you know, some of my classmates and, you know, I'm in college. So, you know, your professors kind of like are more wise than they are in like your high school teachers because, you know, they're giving you life lessons. And I told my professor, like, I love fashion. Like, I love it. I just don't know why I'm not in love with what I'm studying. Like, I don't I don't get it. It's not transitioning to what I thought it would be. And, you know she sat down with me she was like there's other avenues to fashion than designing and she opened my eyes to explore those options and i didn't really figure out about wardrobe styling and image consulting until almost my junior year of college and if you think about like how old i am after you know going from high school into my junior year of college to figure out like i think this is my avenue i think this is what i really really want to do and I still didn't pursue it until two years after graduation because I was scared. I was hesitant. I, I didn't have much to go off of. I'm kind of just second guessing a career that I knew nothing about. You know, I got my degree in design and merchandising and it's like, what now? And I had to like really buckle down and think about what I wanted to get out of my life and what would actually fulfill me. And when I started going into the styling avenue, like I found what made me happy and it like, it matched me. It was like my soul attached to it. My spirit was like, this is it. And everything changed after that. That's, that's beautiful to hear. Like you, it, everything starts to come together. 
Yeah, I mean, it took a while for me to get a rhythm, but everything definitely fell into place. Yeah, no, everything, and that's the thing, like, folks think, you know, I mean, especially out of college, like, when, when you're in college and then you're transitioning out, some people still don't know what they're doing, and they got this degree that they thought, you know? Yeah, it was like, I worked so hard for this, and I thought it was going to solve all my problems, and you still feel like it's not enough, or that you still feel lost, because you want to start over now, like, right. you know? So what was what was it like when you got out of college? And I mean, well, by the way, before that, I mean, you went to Rutgers too. You you went <laughs> you got well, a chance. I didn't go to Rutgers. I would just pop you up went to, at Rutgers. <laughs> pop up and go to the football games and check it. That's fine. Well, I went to Centenary University, which is not too far it's it's far from Rutgers, but not too far. I didn't go to a party school. And like even though I'm not a partier, like you want a social life in college, like you're 19 20 years old like you want to have fun and for me my school is actually centenary is actually um a, it's a religious school it's a catholic school it's actually a catholic university and i'm not i didn't know that when i signed up for it, it was the only school in new jersey with a fashion program so i had to take that so <laughs> but I, for Rutgers was like it's Rutgers. like that was my go-to school that's where i wanted to go so i was gonna go to all their parties and act like i went to Rutgers. like <laughs> To me, I went to Rutgers. You can't tell me I didn't go to Rutgers. Like, my friends are from Rutgers. But I went about an hour <laughs> away from Rutgers. But um, that environment, I can't even say, like, my... I can't even say... I can't even talk about Centenary life, Nightlife because I don't know. I spent most of my junior year on Easton Avenue at Rutgers, and I didn't even go there. <laughs> so, I mean, <laughs> that's pretty much where I was. Either... Easton, I was on Livingston campus doing something I had no business doing or going to parties that I wasn't even invited to. But oh, Queens. <laughs> oh, Queens. I mean, it changes your dynamic because like my those schools are totally different. Rutgers is like its own world. It has like its own transportation, like has its own bus lines, you know, has like food trucks. Like Rutgers is its own environment. So that's it literally is. It's literally found in my country. Like it's a whole different. It's literally a town within a town, and I love every part of that. You can't tell me I didn't go to Rutgers. <laughs> like, my degree might say one thing, but mentally, I went to. Rutgers. You went to Rutgers mentally. I went to Rutgers. I didn't go to their classes, but I went to Rutgers. <laughs> funny. Uh, it was great. That's good that you were tight. You had the the uh, connections with RU. What's up? Yeah, that's, I mean, that's home for me. I mean, like I said, to this day, I was probably claiming Rutgers as my alma mater. I think I have more Rutgers clothing than I actually do my actual college, so. Dang. That's great. I mean, hey, it's are you, go are you, by the way. <laughs> so, I know, I feel, I feel so disloyal, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, all right, so transitioning out of college. Now, that transition um into the field where, where you're at now like i know that's a big that's a lot of information in between but like give the short version of like you know where of how you got to where you are now and like the the grind the hustle the grit the getting in the mud and get out and <laughs> like, ah. that's the hard one because after college like directly after college you're you you know that's summer after you graduate you know you really don't think about the real world you know, you think about, you know, oh, I just got out of college, I go back to my parents' house. But for me, it was very, very different. Um, right after, like, 
college is when I started, like when life kind of hit me. Mm-hmm. Um, that's when I started experiencing loss for the first time. Um, I lost a family member who was like a second mother to me, you know? Um, so that hindered everything because I kind of shut down for a while. So I have a degree. I don't even want to do, I don't even get out of bed. <laughs> and then I had a mom who lost a sister. So my focus became more of nurturing instead of, you know, persistence and hard work. So I was, I became something different. You know, I took four years to learn out, find out who I was and then something tragic happens and it changes everything once again. So I would say like the first two to three years after graduation was kind of like dormant for me. And that's when life really struck me. Like four years after college, you know, I went to work at a mall. I became a manager. I started to lose sight of my goals. Like not nothing really made sense. I had a degree, but I was just a manager at a jewelry store, you know? So it's like, it didn't really, like my world didn't coexist. And I was no longer the fashion Nika. I was just Shanika. I was just punching a clock and I, life kind of, continued to hit me after that and at one point one point after that I became homeless and the road to that was was hard like when every when you lose everything and you have nothing there is a certain part of you that breaks and to me like I was broken my spirit was broken my bank account was broken my faith was broken everything was gone like I had nothing to even grasp to but it changed me because I was forced to do something that I gave up on. I had to survive. Like, I didn't know what I was going to do. You know, I was sleeping outside. I was sleeping in bus stations. I was, you know, sleeping in cars, hallways, just anything to just keep warm in New Jersey in January. So at my lowest moment, I had to, like, reflect, like, what do you want out of life? You know, I had crazy thoughts where I was like, I don't want to be here. (laughs) You know, life would be easier if I wasn't here. And I had to dig myself out of a hole because I knew that I was sitting on a talent that could get me out of my situation. Right. And to me, that's when that's when I became who I was meant to be, because when you are sitting in a cold park, in January, in New Jersey, in January, and you were thinking of ending your life because you don't know what else to do. That's when I was like, "All right, you have to get up. You have to figure it out." And I, <laughs> I had nothing. I had no resources. I had no help. Um, but I had the gift of talking to people. And you know, when you're homeless, you meet other homeless people. You, you guys, kind of bond together i'm not like pushing a cart homeless and you know wearing rags and things like that people didn't even know i was homeless people didn't even know like you would see me throughout the day no not knowing i had nowhere to go at night and with that i i strived i would go shower in the morning try to look for a job or income and for me i started to create i started to create a company or a mindset to get me out of my struggle and I think that's when I kind of like 
I think that's when I became a phoenix. <laughs> you know, I, I rose from the ashes at that point because I started to build Nika B Styling out of nothing besides the fact that I knew that I could create. And, you know, I'm from Jersey. There are people that you reach out to in New Jersey. There's connections that you have. You, we're so close to New York, it's almost impossible to not have connections. Right. <laughs> and I reached out to <laughs> someone that took a chance on me and I had nothing. I couldn't even afford to actually be a stylist at that point. I couldn't even afford to feed myself, but I promised them that I can make something happen for them. Like, if you give me this chance, I can style you. I can make you look good for whatever event you're coming up with. And I am basing it off of hope and prayer. And they took a chance on me. They gave me an advance, <laughs> which is great because I probably had 20 bucks to my name when I'm pitching my styling, telling them I can get them these outfits that I couldn't even afford to walk into that store at that point. And, you know, just setting myself up, I was able to deliver all my promises. And from that moment on, I was able to build the life that I felt like I deserved and also the life that I felt like I was about to give up on. Because sitting on a park bench when you're freezing cold and you want to die, that changed my entire outlook on life. Because I didn't want to give up. I'm not a, I'm not a quitter. I was not raised to be a quitter. I was raised for structure and stability. I'm not a quitter. And I wanted to quit. But, you know, just me being, having the personality that I have and my dad is like putting hard work and dedication into my life. I was able to dig myself out of a terrible situation that many people are still dealing with to this day. And I built Nika B Styling off of $20 and <laughs> a really good friend taking a chance on me. And I don't know if I can ever repay that person, <laughs> but I don't even know if they know, but they genuinely saved my life. And I, I mean, I give myself credit for saving my life too, but that person taking a chance for me when I had literally no background, I had no clients. <laughs> I was pretty much the same, like, yeah, I can do this. I, I got you. And I had nothing to base it off of, but they believed in my dedication and they believed in my vision. And with $20 and the gift of Gab, I started an entire company. For folks that are dealing with any type of like, well, first off, kudos to you for the grind, like not giving up because it's so easy to give up. Like, and I feel like this is a great podcast because there's tons of folks that right now they're struggling. They lost their jobs. People feel hopeless. Some people mm -hmm. don't lost their homes. Some people, I mean, I was at a hotel in LA and people that were just working at the like food counter, they lost their, like they're gone. Like nobody's right. coming to the hotel to pay. So it's like, they don't got, can't pay their bills and stuff. So like you went through like the grit, the grind, like, yo, like on the park bench you had, it was either between life or death. And you said life, even though like the thoughts, the continual thoughts going through your mind were constantly fighting against each other. And you said, no, I'm going to succeed. So like talk about mental health and like how important it is to keep going and not like shut down and it's an everyday battle it's not like a oh i'm good now it's an everyday battle right how do you strengthen that mind to strengthen the mind and then the, the will like you had 
to get to where you're at today? Um, I'm not even gonna pretend and lie. Like I still don't battle with it today because you know, even though my life has significantly changed, mental illness and depression and anything like that, it still affects you. Even things start to fall into place, and mm -hmm. I don't want people to ever downplay that and never think never take it for granted your, your good days because you're going to have bad days right. and when i have those bad days i genuinely think about what i went through and then it changes my mentality because mental health is so important to address because i felt like with all the things that i went through like in high school where i said i'm going through an identity crisis like depression starts so early and it also can start very late but for me it started very early and it wasn't addressed it was kind of brushed off like you don't know what it is you don't know how to you know articulate it to your friends or your family but it's something that affects you like when you don't want to get out of bed and you have no reason why like that those are signs of depression and even if you think it's minor address it and for me going through what i went through was what i needed i needed to fall so low to pick myself up because I needed to address that I had a problem. I needed to address that something was actually wrong mentally for me. And that's the hardest thing to do is like that realization. Like when you are at your lowest point, I know for me sitting in bus stations and parks and things like that, wanting to have suicide as an outlet, that one little thought in the back of your head, that, that doubt, that fear, if you felt like you didn't want to be here you wouldn't have fear that wouldn't be there but for me everything else was overwhelming but i had fear i was terrified to not be here and i held on to that that was there was a reason for that and you know i don't know if people are super religious but to me that's faith that is literally a sign from god saying like this is not your plan this is not what i have envisioned for you and to me it was it was hard because you have to you have to hold on to that like and people run away from fear i ran towards it what am i afraid of why am i afraid to not be here what's keeping me here and i started thinking about all the people that i was leaving behind even though i was in that situation by myself suffering and going through it i still thought of other people but more importantly i thought of all the things that i would be missing because to me suicide doesn't solve any problems it transfers them it puts them on mm. someone else it didn't solve anything it is not going to help me it's just giving me the chance to not make it better and i just feel like there's so many people that don't know that they're going through depression but have all the signs of it right. and i feel like if i would have addressed it earlier i wouldn't have went through a lot of things that i went through and the biggest step of depression is telling someone that you're feeling low when you have your bad days, when you feel like you don't want to eat, when you don't want to clean. Like, those are warning signs. If you start being socially distanced from all your people, like, you know, like if your friends are inviting you places and you go, but you don't feel like you belong there, like, those are all the warning signs. And it's hard because to build who you want to be but you have all these voices in your head telling you who you are, what you can't do, what you shouldn't do. Like you have to be stronger than that. And it's not something, and I'm gonna be honest, it's not something that people can do alone. You have to get help. You have to talk to someone. You cannot dig yourself out of depression by yourself. It's impossible. 
because you need a stronger voice. To me, my stronger voice was my passion. And it sounds crazy, but so many people seen a side of me, a creative side that I let go of. But mm-hmm. I knew I had that fuel, but you have right. to let people in. Yeah, like you have to literally tell people like, hey, I am suffering. Something is wrong. <laughs> like, and even if they don't it, you have to get it out. Talk to a stranger, you know. Believe it or not, like when I it's realized really- the home the homeless community is actually a pretty solid community that they literally band together and they're all going through very similar situations. Everyone has a different story, but you all led are at the exact same spot. No one's secure. And just talking to people that were in the same the similar situations that I was, it saved my life. Because, you know, I have people 40, 50 years old in shelter saying, like, I, I want to get out. I want help. And it's like, you know, even me being in the same situation as them, they were confiding in me. So I felt like there was something in me that was meant to be here. And that's all it takes. It takes one little spark that will save your life and what mental health is you literally have to open up about it don't be afraid to tell people that you are struggling yeah. because people can relate it's good to get it's definitely good to get a uh ther- like a therapist or a, or a pastor or someone to be there for you yeah just like a, it's because even if some people fear the word therapist or things like that and they just like oh i don't want to do therapy but therapy is not just sitting on a couch telling a perfect stranger how you feel therapy is just opening up to someone about something that bothers you that is literally therapy i don't care if you go sit with your friends and, eat, and drink coffee and just talk just get it out there to someone else like it's you know, some people, therapy is the gym. You have a gym partner. You know, if you want to meditate, make sure you are doing all the things, the right steps in the right direction to better yourself. But I genuinely encourage talking to someone. I don't care if it's a family member, a friend, a stranger, a therapist, your pastor, you know, a, a support group. You need someone on your side because you cannot survive in this world alone. And we are not meant to do so. It's true. You got to have someone there that is that yeah, like you said, support group, friends, like constantly. I don't what they say. I don't mind is a devil's playground. So like, if you're just sitting thinking about, dang, I messed up at this in life, or dang, like, <sighs> wish I would have not. I mean, I'll, I'll give you my, like one of mine. Like, dang, I missed out on an opportunity to get two two home two duplexes for eighty grand right. total. Like, I would be streaming in revenue right now but, <laughs> but i took i didn't understand it at the time mm-hmm. it's a it's a loss but guess what like i learned is a rep is a rep it made me stronger so like i feel you in that like constantly you can't beat yourself up and you got to constantly have someone there you know a support mentor or something to encourage you and keep you strong yeah when you're like in a when your mental health is not where it needs to be, everything, like the smallest inconvenience sends you over the edge. Like, you know, and you start really thinking about things that really affected you, but not really should have affected you that way. Like, you know, you'll sit there like, I shouldn't have dated this person or I should have yeah. option A instead of option B. Like, you know, it's just 
it's like so small and tedious things that like weigh on your subconscious and when you're at your lowest everything comes <laughs> everything starts to like go like full force into your mind and that's such a dangerous thing because it's like okay yes that happened but what can you do now you can't do anything about things that already happened you can only you can only move forward you can rehash the past think about all the things you did wrong okay so what have you learned move forward and you need a voice to tell you like okay i get it you messed up let's let's move forward and sometimes that's hard for people to do for themselves so that's why i encourage a support group someone you trust anything like that just to keep you going got to you got to have it you're right yeah. i love it what would so all right so you got went through all of that and you and today you know what kind of you know, you, what kind of success are you having? And then also, how have you been adjusting to the COVID-19 crisis? Terribly. No, <laughs> no um, success-wise, like, I don't like the, the term self-made because I feel like no one ever does anything on their own. You always have had help some step of the way. But in the grand scheme of things, I, I've built an entire company based off of a, a vision that I didn't even, I had no idea what I was doing. If you would have told me, three, four years ago that I would have a successful wardrobe styling company, I would probably laugh at you because I'm like, okay, I have no idea what you're talking about. But the type of success I've had based off of just networking and just putting myself out there and being and not being afraid to fail. I mean, I've suffered losses so much that my success kind of like, it made sense. Like I feel like it needed to happen. I needed to have a win. And when you are afraid to lose everything, you probably won't lose. <laughs> and I, I, like I said, at one point I lost everything. I had nothing. So building an empire, my type of success is just stability, being able to do what I love every single day. And I provide jobs for people. I have a team that rely on me. I have an amazing system that I created out of nothing. And that kind of level of comfort is something that I, I live for. It's something that brings me peace that everything I went through was meant to happen. It happened for a reason because where I'm at now is based off of every single struggle. But it's it's always about stability for me because that's kind of what was I was always raised to like grasp to. But this COVID-19 <laughs> kind of challenges that because it's like, if everything fell apart in the world, you did everything right and the world completely tells you like, all right, stop what you're doing. Could you still survive? And with me, it was an adjustment because I worked so hard to get where I was at. And for someone to tell me that, hey, you can't do what you love for a month and a half, two months, you have to stop doing it. You know that was my sanity. That's what came, that's what so that's what saved my life. So now you're telling me I can't do what saved me, but it brought out a different spirit. I started exploring different avenues. You start to find different parts of yourself that you didn't have time to focus on. So not only what did I start building my brand differently, but you start having to outsource, find different ways of income, find different ways to succeed. Where right. everyone that I employed, I have a team that can still survive. You have to adjust to the times now instead of 
you know, personal styling face to face. You have to do it digitally. You have to do video calls and things like that. You know, instead of sitting down with people shaking their hand and giving them that personal experience, you have to become a little bit more impersonal, but still give them that satisfaction of being with you. You know, so it's an adjustment. But if you know how to adjust, if you know how to survive, if you have every angle, there is nothing that can stop you, not even COVID-19. Like you have to have a mentality that you're going to make it regardless. I lose sight of that sometimes, but then I wake up, like I sleep on it, wake up and I'm back to who I need to be. Like, you know, it, it, it affects you obviously because you miss that personal experience. You miss the way things used to be, but now you have to adjust to the new normal. Because right. even if everything opens back up, do you trust it? Is it the same? Now everybody's a little bit more cautious. You have to do things differently. Every time period in history had an adjustment period, you know? And this is ours. And who's going to come out on top are the people who can literally survive through anything. And that's that's going to, like, change everything for people. It's going to divide, you know, the people who piggyback on, you know, social media and things like that. Or the people who right. are actually go-getters who can actually go out there and not physically be out there, but go out there and make things happen. And yeah. it, it's... Every time period has gone through a tragic situation that makes the world change. Like I said, this is ours, and it's it's exciting to see the how things are going to change. Because right. for me, it was it was it was a hard adjustment at first. You know, the first couple of days was like fun, like oh, I get I get a vacation, I get a break. But then it became like, oh my god, this is affecting my. Week three, like, what, what's going on? Like, oh, yeah. like, so yeah, you started getting that itch, like, oh my god, like, what's happening? Like, you know, yeah. bills are still due. Like, you're not yeah. working, you're not doing anything, and it's like, how are you about to survive? And right. you know, you tap into parts of you that you didn't exist in, or that you buried because you're so busy building. But now you have to you have to reconstruct. You have to build again. If someone knocks down your building, are you just going to just like oh well it's gone, or are you going to rebuild? You're going to adjust. You're going to up. You're going to update your materials. You're going to make your building stronger. So if something ever happened again, you won't fall short. So that's kind of where I'm at right now. There you go, and that's that's the way to think. You got to recreate, innovate. I just got off a call. Oh, doing a podcast with a business owner from New Jersey. Um, who does he's in the medical field and he he owned about like 10 different facilities he, he's uh downsized at five and it's like a sports performance facility and they had to close down and go telehealth so from there like i think that whole like his adjustment too like from what you're saying like his adjustment helped him like keep the business running keep everything flowing because it was at one point where it was about to shut down so this is, you know, a company that's making over, I don't know, like over, like probably like five mil or more. And I mean, probably way more than that. And just completely like everything to shut, like it's coming to it, like shutting down. So it's just cool to see how business owners are adjusting, how companies are adjusting. Some companies are not, are not even affected right. by it. It's just like, oh, it's like, oh. Oh, is it pandemic? Oh, it's so, okay. I haven't noticed. I haven't noticed. I haven't gotten to that point yet, but I'm I'm trying to get there. I'll make some masks, <laughs> you know. So yeah, like oh yeah, I'll just make you know designer masks and sell them for overpriced <laughs> because yeah, overpriced supply and demand. demand. Right. So 
that's good stuff though it's good i, I like the adjustments uh, i like um your journey man I, i'm glad that again i'm glad that we we're able to get you in the podcast because like that's like a lot of people don't go through that you you hear some stories like yeah i i uh you know it was i was in school and this happened and and then I just became a millionaire. Like that. <laughs> yeah. I forget to tell you the part of the story where I literally had to count pennies to like eat or, you know, yeah. like they, you know, those stories are so, like, you hear them, but you know, like to me, I've heard them. I never thought in a million years that, you know, oh, they're probably just making that up just to sell a good book, you know, like, it makes good TV, but like, when you go through it, you're like, and when you you come out on top and, you know, when I walk into like my offices and I see my team and things like that, like I sit back and sometimes I want to cry. Like even walking into like, like your house when you were homeless, like putting your key in a door, like things like that, that you take for granted when you lose everything and then you rebuild and you get it all back. Like that, emo <laughs> that emotion sometimes like overcomes you like, oh my God, like, did it like you did it. No, that's that's what's up like you that you should be happy you should feel great you um like that whole that whole experience you've had it it's a it's a testament you know what i mean that's a that's your testimony and one thing that i believe you know i, I don't know if you want to mention it at all but you, you know if you want to talk about it later on another podcast you have you're writing something that <laughs> might at some point uh, will come out. So I don't know if you want to talk about that now or talk or we can, when, we can talk about it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, but like you're writing a book, and you know I can't wait for the book to come out or ebook, whatever it is. Like I can't wait for it to come out because I, from what you were telling me, like that's a deep story, and I think a lot of people, again, like CEO, you know, what I'm saying like from going homeless to CEO and building up a company. Like a Tyler Perry story, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> right? Beautiful story. I mean, Steve Harvey too. Yeah, same thing. Everybody had their little thing they, that they went through. But like when that, you hear people like sleeping in cars, and you know, to me, I was I was so always so skeptical about telling my story because like you feel embarrassed sometimes. But then I think about it, like there are people to this day who <laughs> are talented, who are resilient, who are going through it just because unfortunate circumstances. You could not have told me with everything that I did right in my life that I was going to be homeless. There was, that It didn't make any sense to me. So like my testimony is it can happen to anyone, but anyone can get out of it. If I can make it out of it, you can make it out of it. And you know, sure. me writing my story is just like, you know, it's just a point in my life that I decided to talk about because I feel like that point in my life is the most important. That struggle is the most important part of my life. My success is great, but it's not It's not what made me. That struggle, you know, that freezing cold, that counting pennies in your pocket to eat and not knowing where you're going to sleep or shower, that made me who I am because it changed my outlook on everything and everyone. And it's the you know when you see like homeless people on the street and you like kind of like move away from them like oh oh my god you're you're lazy you're a bum that is not always the case that's not the case right. and you know those people deserve prayer and uplifting and you know all the like all the praise in the world because there are people to this day who cannot go through what those people go through every single day and you know with me I'm not here. I'm gonna I'm gonna survive regardless at this point. If I made it through that, 
There is nothing. Right. Else. It's like, and I won't be stopped at this point. Like, that's, I'm undefeated. Like, that's the biggest thing that everybody does fear is like, I can't be homeless. Can't be homeless. I don't want to, huh, huh, gotta make money. Gotta. And when you're at the bottom and you understand what the bottom is like, you're like, you can't, like, the only place beyond that is death. Like, you can't go beyond that. So, like, now it's like, okay, I've been there, done that. Now I'm at I'm at the top and I'm still growing, and you you know I know I know you're not satisfied where you're at, but like you know you're you're growing and you're getting to where you gotta go, and it's, it's a blessing. So good stuff, man. Uh, let's transition it real quick. So, what is your favorite restaurant? And I, I don't know what state it would be uh, in New Jersey. <laughs> what my favorite restaurant like all together? Okay, so before this pandemic. I was like a fast food. I was always in the move. So I will always end up at somebody's Chipotle somewhere, somehow. But now, like, since you, I was forced to kind of stand still. I'm all about cooking. I'd rather just stay home and cook at this point. I don't even want to go out anymore. <laughs> it's not the same. Like, when, you, when you get a taste of like just cooking every day for yourself, you kind of start, like everything starts tasting the same when you go out. So right now, I am a cooker. Or if I had to like pick something really quick, it sounds so bad, but I'm probably going to end up at somebody's Chipotle. Just throwing that out there. Chipotle. It's not really like a sit down restaurant, but like that's just where I'm at in my life. If you would have asked me this like two months ago, probably would have had a completely different answer. But <laughs> right now, my favorite place, my favorite restaurant is my house. <laughs> hey, I feel you. I've been hearing a lot of like those questions, uh, you know, same answers be yeah, it changes you it changes and it changes like your mentality like i don't even want to go sit down and like it's not the same anymore and you can just get more flavor and more excitement at your own house everybody's everybody was spoiled but now everybody's now <laughs> we are so humble it's like i'll take anything at this point give me something no that's true though like we, I, I really think about this too sometimes like if there wasn't a grocery store People would, a lot of people would, I feel a lot of people would die. Like low key, a lot of people want to know how to hunt. A lot of people want to know how to like raise chickens and all that. Cause like, if there's nothing to eat, <laughs> right. you don't to grow your own food. That's an important skill. I feel like a lot of people should know. Cause you never know what could happen. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that is true. Like people didn't even cook as much anymore. And even like when this pandemic started, like the fast food lines got crazy long. Like grocery stores were getting packed, but like fast, fast food lines grew longer like so you're still not cooking at home like you're you're still <laughs> like you're relying on these things and like if there's a shortage of processed food people will probably starve to death and i'm gonna be honest i'm not gonna starve to death i don't know how to hunt or raise chickens but i will learn give me you a week you'll learn <laughs> the day. Yo, all you have to do and i learned with my uh my acupuncturist she has two chickens at her at her house, so she literally sells chick uh sells chickens. She sells eggs, and it's just beautiful, fresh brown eggs. And I've seen an interview with Bill Gates, and they asked him like, if you went broke and you had to make money, what would you do to make money? And you couldn't do technology. He actually said he would raise chickens. That, that's where he started from. And that's like the crazy thing, like Bill Gates, like you know what I mean? Like he's telling people, he's giving you the code. Because everyone's going to need food. You're going to need protein. You're going to need. <laughs> tell me, tell me what happened. <laughs> <No, laughs> he like saying this interview. I'm like writing down notes. Like, okay, chickens. Like, <laughs> learn how to raise chickens. Like, I, yeah. I, like, I would do that. 
yeah a way to survive and you know she's on to something i mean i, I wouldn't go to acupuncture because i'm terrified of needles but <laughs> if she had to resource like the fact that she's even raising chickens like she's on to something selling the eggs you're always going to find people who need that because not everybody knows how to raise chickens so they're going to need her eggs supply and demand true facts i like uh, it that's good stuff that's good stuff um Man, you know, that is a powerful statement. Well, everybody should get a chicken. <laughs> no, not everybody should get a chicken. We should get chickens and we should outsource it. <laughs> Farmer is like, yo, y'all want to start doing it now, huh? <laughs> like, get chickens now, huh? So yeah, like fifty years strong, and now everybody wants to buy chickens. <laughs> chickens now, hey, it's all that's how. It's, I mean, it's still done in like other countries. They still selling chickens, goats, cow, still source of uh, you know the market, you know. Right. But, yeah, but good stuff. Uh, so I guess my last question to you is, well, last two, I guess you could put them together. How can someone get involved into, how can, you created something from scratch, but how can someone do what you did and how, what steps does it take to do it? And then what's a quote that you live by? To close um, it? How do you, okay, well, wardrobe styling is a little bit different, um, but I always say this, styling is one of those things that can be taught, but it's something you really, really have to, you can't really study it. You can teach yourself the, like, the system, how to work it, but every stylist is different. But one thing you have to know is you have to know your products, you have to know your clients, you have to know people. Like you, you can't be like, I'm not a people person. I don't, you have to be able to read people. <laughs> like, you I want to make money, but I don't want to talk to nobody. You have to kind of be a therapist, like in a, in a way, like you have to like tap into these people in parts that they don't even want to tap into. You have to find their personalities and bring it out in clothing and in their mannerisms, their like how they walk, talk, everything. Like you have to take all that in and then find looks and items specifically for this person everyone is different and every event that i style a client for it can be the same client five different events they're giving me five different versions of themselves we are we change depending on where we are people are chameleons we blend we change and as a stylist you have to be able to not only keep up with the times you got to keep up with the people and you have to keep up with the trends and it's it's a full-time job it's non-stop fashion changes so quickly you have to be five steps ahead of it you have to predict possibly what it could be and you have to adjust to that you have to there's knowledge in it but it's it's fun but it's so much work and you have to love it and if you wanted to get into fashion and you want to take the styling route because everyone wants to be a designer you know they want to slap a logo on a t-shirt and call themselves a designer but that's not the case designing is more tedious but styling is more in depth. You have to go into, you have to tap into parts of you that you didn't even know existed. And you have to sit down with the client, a potential client, and pretty much read them and tell them who they are, who they wanna be, and find items that fit that personality. Cause people, everyone has style. Everyone has a simple, like their own personal look. But does that look fit who they really are? Not all the time. And as a stylist, you have to be bold enough to tell them, like, 
yeah, you want to dress like an athlete, but you're more of a theater person. <laughs> like, and you have to adjust to that. You have to have a good deliverance and you have to be cultural. Like you have to know each culture is different. You know, every personality is different. Every item of clothing speaks. You know, clothing speaks before a person ever has to. And you have to be able to translate that. And if you can do it, if you have that dedication, and if you have always been able to be there and can read people and, you know, be kind of like their therapist and resonated to art, you can be a stylist. I mean, don't take it for granted. It's not just going to a mall and picking out clothes because anyone can do that. <laughs> but can you make them feel good about themselves? Can you give them confidence that they wouldn't normally have? And if you can answer those questions to yes, then I would encourage you to do it. If you answer no to any of that, I tell you to stay away from it. Fashion is not your angle. <laughs> if you can't make people feel good about themselves by what they wear, don't do it. Mm. And the next hey, part. My quote. I mean, the quote I live by that I go by every single day is Maya Angelou because you know she's Maya Angelou <laughs> and it's the alone quote all alone all alone nobody but nobody can make it out here alone and that quote has saved me and it no matter what I'm doing whether it's you know everyday life friendships relationships building a company building a brand outsourcing I cannot do anything that I do by myself. Someone has to be there for me. Someone has to be there for me to for support, for advice. You know, I can't, I wouldn't be where I'm at today if I didn't get advice. Like, I mean, you're one of my great friends. I can, you can count, you can't even count how many times I've asked advice business-wise and how many times I have to bounce ideas. Like, it's, it's almost impossible to survive in this world by yourself. So that Maya Angelou quote like sits so well with me because mm. it changed it changes everything. Because it lets me know that I'm vulnerable. I need help. And it's okay. And you know what? That is such a true statement on my end too. Like you can do stuff for so long and try to figure it out on your own. And it, you can, <laughs> You'll just keep going in circles. And I, right. I, I got stuck in the problem like that too. Like, um, you know, building building iron visuals. You know, I, I kind of did things like you you see success, you're like, oh, it's oh, it's it's on. I'm good. Like that's <laughs> figured it out. But no, 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 no. Like there's so many different processes that you have to follow to get it to get where you want to go. And it took me during this time during Corona, um, to finally get it to where um, I want it to be. And like, I'm so happy, my team's happy. Like, it's it's good to, once you figure figure out how to run it correctly, because every industry is different. Styling is different, you know, from marketing. Because um, marketing right now is perfect for what's going on in COVID-19, because people need to like market, you know? Yeah, like they, they, need to, they need to get their products out there. They need to advertise, they need to like, you know, find different angles and different ways to do it. So they need you. Like, you're in high demand right now. <laughs> so it's, it's a blessing 
So it's been like cool to connect with so, so many different clients, but at the same time, you have to like, first off, managing, managing them, making sure you retain client retention, making sure you keeping them, you know what I'm saying? Because that's the one thing that some folk, oh, I got him, I got him, that's it. And then, and then you, it'd be a month after, a month go by, and you're like, why did I lose the client? How did I? <laughs> well, one thing, and I think you said this a while ago when we were talking like, you feel good when after like a person um they go to their event or you know you clothe them and they're looking awesome and they feel great and they get compliments um from what they're wearing and they're like man i repeat business for you constantly because like they're satisfied same thing in mind like was i was almost in tears today because like one of my clients they're like man we, we just like 3x our you know return on investment from doing you know xyz and i'm like so it feels good to like be able to help somebody reach their goal and they're still wanting to you know double that triple that 5x 10x it so like that how do you feel about that and i guess this could be the last question how do you feel about that when you finally like yeah when you impact somebody's life somebody's business from what you love doing yeah i mean to me like that's there's no greater reward than that because as people, as business owners, isn't that what we're we're here to do? To impact and you know, it's kind of like transferable. Like I want that good feeling, and then because you feel good about the service that I just provided, then you go out and you attack it, and then now you're providing a good service. You're doing everything that you need to do because you're in a great mood, and it's like that's that's what I do it for. I mean, yeah, of course I want to make a profit and <laughs> I want to survive and live, but I don't do it for that. I love making people feel good i love seeing people succeed based off of something that i did like that there's nothing more like rewarding than that that is i want to make an impact i want to you know have a staple in someone's life and if i can do that from fashion from business just from you know giving advice or anything like that i'm going to do it because i can inspire someone to you know pay it forward they're going to do the same exact thing and we're changing lives we're changing mentalities where you know we're not even selling dreams we're giving people hope and to me there's nothing better than that as a person as a business owner as a ceo as a team leader as a friend that's what we do it for i love like, it. it it means everything to me i love it well Let's close it out there. I think like we gotta have you back on again. <laughs> I mean, once you have your book, I'm down for it. I'm I'm okay with that. <laughs> we gotta have you back because this is this is what people need. Like they need to know like what the grit and grind is like to get to where it goes. Like, and I know you're gonna have that book come out, which I know is a whole different story. And then you got, and I know you have that. You gotta have another one come out just about this whole journey, about from like young kids, <laughs> you know. So I, I, might. I might do like different stages of my life, but you know, the first one that's going to come out is definitely about, you know, that, that tough part, my lowest point. And then, you know, digging out of that, that's all I need. And then, you know, my success story, I mean, it's still in the process. Like I'm still succeeding. I'm still, you know, I'm still building, you know, I'm also, you know, trying to take Clinton Gauze's approach, you know, starting a podcast and, you know, just, just Congratulations that, by the way. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Just giving different insights. And, you know, there's no limits to what someone can do after you literally 
get it out the mud. Like, there's nothing that you cannot do. Right. And, you know, I'm all for it. If you want to, we can have another podcast session. You can be on mine. You can, you know, everything is transferable. And I'm all for, you know, sharing my story with people because it lets them know that they can do it. And I'm just, I was just a regular girl from New Jersey. <laughs> a regular girl from New Jersey. That's a regular girl from New Jersey. <laughs> and I'm in Alabama. <laughs> Alabama. Alabama, Atlanta. I, and the thing is, I got to see so many things that I wouldn't have been able to see if I didn't grind the way that I did. Right. And I'm excited about that. So I want, I want people to take that and realize, like, however you're feeling right now, it's so temporary. You can get through it and you can build. If you have that mentality, and I want to say, like, depression is a commitment. You got to commit to that. If you can commit to depression, you can commit to success. I promise you, you can. <laughs> Just flip the script. I feel you. It's a grind. It's a grind move. Yeah. Well, let the people know about your site, your social media uh, handles and everything before we close it up. Everything. <laughs> I mean, you can follow me on Instagram. I am Nika underscore be. You can listen to my podcast. Let's talk about it. Um, the Let's Talk About It podcast. Um, you can follow us on Facebook. Um, I plug everything. Nika B Styling is the best styling experience you ever get. <laughs> um, I am available for any kind of styling. I am the. I would literally say I'm the best stylist. I would give myself that kind of credit. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care if someone's gonna like argue with that. Nika B Styling is my brand. It's my baby. If you need any of your styling needs, come to me. My team will fulfill everything you need. Even through this COVID-19, we're doing virtual styling through Zoom and Google Meet. Um, but yeah, I'm excited for the next chapter. I hope this pandemic kind of ends soon though. Kind of want my life back. <laughs> well, it was great having you on the show and we're going to have you back on. Thank you so, so much, Nika B. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Life Journey Podcast with Quentin Gauze. To find out more and to follow the journey, visit Quentin's Instagram at QGauze or our business page at iron underscore visuals. For full recaps of the show, find us on iTunes and the Google Play Store. Thank you for tuning in.